Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of The Kingdom Within. Last episode, just a little while ago, actually, I was talking to you about um, being the hero of my own story. And I wanted to kind of clarify that because it's not about being a hero. But this is what I've kind of learned that, you know, when we follow our own truth, that we feel good about ourselves and we may we feel good in it and we find a truth that we can stand in. And of course, I say at the beginning of the episode that I'm not here to tell you what to believe. I'm only here to think about what it is I'm thinking about and talk to you about it. And it has everything to do with Jesus. So because everything I do is founded on that, because when I follow that, it gives me something to stand on. Since I believe that he was in the Father, and the Father was in him. And that if you've seen the Father, then you've seen the Son. So, since I heard from him, I heard from the Father. And I'm not one that prays in the name of Jesus, because Jesus came to lead us to the Father. He gave all the credit to the Father. He kept saying that I'm the least among them. And why do you call me good teacher? There's only one that's good, and that's God. So, I give all the credit to God, and that's who I pray to. But I'm forever grateful to this guy called Jesus and understand that he gave everything so that I could um, ponder why it is that he was willing to give everything, even that death of his. So I'm not here to tell you that I think less of him. I think more of him, but I think more of the father for it because he's the one who taught me that God is forgiveness. So we were talking about that hero of our own story, and that is that I've recognized that I'm never going to be the hero of someone else's story, and if I play a little role in it, that's great, but when we're talking about the kingdom, and we're always talking about the kingdom within, but also, this is a thought that I also pondered, and that the Holy Spirit gave me. What if, since our Basically, if we didn't have flesh, all we'd have is thought, right? So our spirit, he said that God is spirit, and we're spirit also, and spirit is what we know about ourselves. So without the flesh, we can't really change that thought, because that's where those thoughts come from, is the things we've done, experiences we've had, and we judge ourselves for it and judge everyone else. But when I think of after death... I think of it this way. If the kingdom was us left with our own thoughts without being able to change the ones we have, to know ourselves by the experiences we've had, would if it all disappeared right now and we were left with the thought of ourself in nowhere with nothing, and that's all we had. Where would we be? The thoughts that we were having, would they suit us for eternity? Could we look at what we've done and what we've been and say, thank you, God, for what you've done in my life and feel as though that we were that we had a life worth living? Because, see, that's what I see. That's the reason I have the kingdom now, because the kingdom is that that if he took me right now, I haven't done it perfect, but that I see the growth I've had and 
this this love and so but earlier in my life I've told you over and over I had a lot of suffering and I'll tell you if you took away my body then and you left me nothing but thoughts for eternity in another kingdom and I had no physical body and all I could do is think about myself as what I came to know on the earth then friend I would have been in hell because I knew nothing good about me, and I really didn't know much good about you. And the more I found of one, the more I found of the other. So for me, the kingdom within isn't about looking at that. But on the other hand, I do look at that because that's part of it. Because I do believe that when we don't choose the right thing, that there is suffering. I just don't think it's for eternal but if there was an eternal moment of now that was going to cause suffering, and if God had a hell, I imagine it would look a lot more like that, where you got to just spend a long time looking at what it is you did and what it is you thought of yourself and how you treated others. And I'll tell you, friend, that can cause you a lot of suffering if you're not thinking about what you're thinking about. You know, because... Maybe you ought to try that. That's kind of how this all started for me was I started seeking the kingdom in the wilderness, and I started going out there and looking at what he said, and I started thinking about what it was in my life I was doing, and um, and I didn't even really believe in Jesus in the beginning, to be quite honest with you. Like I told you, I didn't believe in an eternal hell, because it just didn't make any sense to me. This, this God of love and forgiveness is going to judge me for eternity, so I don't, I don't see no flames in my future, and I don't see any flames in yours. What I see is that Sooner or later, you're going to have to look at these thoughts you've had. And once you've been here and you've had the chance to have the experience and you've made those choices, and if you all of a sudden don't have anything to, because you don't have a physical body to worry about, all you're left with is your thoughts. Are you going to find yourself in heaven or are you going to find yourself in hell? Because that's kind of the way I see it, and I still don't think that would even be for eternity, because I'll tell you, God's not up for suffering. He's up for love, and that's what he's farming, love. And his kingdom's coming, but we all know that there was going to be a moment of darkness between here and there. Jesus said that if it lasted too long, that nobody would survive it. So I know it's coming, and I don't know when. and. Like I said, part of the price of weighing not doing this tower was is if I don't talk, nobody listens. And even if you don't listen, I am now at peace because I'm following the truth of my own heart. So <clears throat> if heaven or hell happens to be what you're thinking about, what it is you were while you were alive and how it was you treated others and uh, and how... You had a love for God. Well, I'll tell you, if he puts me into a place of suspended animation of nothing but thought and the thoughts I've had about the thoughts I've had, at this point, I've got the end of my life to focus on because I'll tell you, I've been screwing it up all along. But that's the reason I kind of keep going, the reason I keep thinking about what I'm thinking about, and the reason I keep talking to you, even though I know it sounds like pure insanity because everybody wants to be right. And, looking at the truth is hard but we'll talk about that for a minute and because I last episode said I hope my parents never really look at this you know they're getting 
up there a little bit and, you know, but they still don't want me to, uh, I'm supposed to be worried about the world just like everyone else and focusing on what it is I can get. Cause that's kind of when you start not looking at what other people are looking at, they don't want to hear your truth and they start kind of getting nervous looking at yours because it's not theirs. And they don't want to think about what it is you're thinking about. They want to think about what it is they're thinking about. And so if they accept your truth, then they have to, uh, change. And that's kind of what happened with Jesus and the and the prophets, you know, or the um, Pharisees. Jesus not only was talking about stuff, but he just kind of outright said what you're doing is wrong. And they didn't want to hear that. So, you know, the best way to get rid of a loud mouth is to get rid of a loud mouth. So that's what they did. They put him on the cross. But they did it because that's what God wanted, because he wanted to show you what, how much he loved you. And so I'm not talking about a free ticket to the kingdom, and I'm not talking about that you're escaping eternal hell, but I'm telling you that if you're listening to this and you've actually started the beginning and got this far, you're here not because life was going good more than likely, because, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that people that like what they have aren't going to hear a word I'm saying because. Well, if you start thinking about it, then you start having to think about whether you're going to, uh, whether you have peace with what you're doing. And if you've got peace with what you're doing, you won't have any interest in what I'm saying. So I'm really talking because I know there's people out there like me that they're hurting and they can't find a truth that works for them. And they've been taught that if they just believe and don't ask too many questions, because every time I ask questions, people had a tendency to not want me around. I went to a church one time, and I asked some questions, and he told me that he didn't have the answers. And I said, well, this is what I believe. And he, that, that preacher told me, he said, well, you know, you can believe that. You're just not allowed to talk about it in this church. And so I went, hmm. So here I am. I want to teach. I want. I want to understand God, and I'm not allowed to talk about my belief so that someone can give me a better answer. Because I watched a documentary one time a while back. Spirit led me there probably a couple months ago, and I forget what it was. But it, I watch stuff. I, I pretty much just watch Jesus, but I do. I do watch some other stuff. Spirit leads me to things, and. One of the things he led me to was this spiritual program, and it was these um, people of the Jewish faith. They, I don't know whether it's all of them or not, but I admire that. They get together and they debate. You see, I've joined Reddit under the assumed name the, uh, of the Christ, and all I talk about on there is Jesus and because that's what I go on there for, because in the world you can't debate, so I go on there to debate it just like I go on here to speak it just outright. And um, because that's where that's where our faith, that's how we know we're rooted in it. That's how we know it's true to us. When we have opposition to it, when other people say, no, this is right, and we say, no, this is right, if we can hold space for one another and we can have debates, in love, then love grows strength. So that's kind of the reason I used to get a little resentful about the church because I kept asking questions and they didn't like the questions, much less the answers. And 
So it just wasn't the place for me. Not that they're not some wonderful people and doing some amazing things. So I'm not judging them for a minute. It's just their truth wasn't mine. And for me to find that rock that I can stand on so that I can have this experience of love in the way that the Holy Spirit seems to want me to go. Well, I've got to be able to ask questions. I've got to be able to put it out there. And I've got to be able to let you condemn me. Because if you if you leave a message, there's a message thing on here. So you can leave me a message. And if you leave me a message saying why it is you're right and I'm wrong, then I'll explore that. In fact, I'll probably explore it on here. Because... And if, and if I don't have an answer, I'll get on here and confess I don't have the answer and tell you the Holy Spirit won't give me a good one. Because the truth of the matter is, I don't have all the answers. I don't have any answers at all. The only answer I have is the one he gives me, and that's the one that works. And sometimes that works for me, and sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, this is the path I'm on. So I'm under no illusion, because I'll tell you, one of the things he showed me was in this, when I was in meditation, when I was going through this process early on, I kind of, it's hard to explain. I kind of died to the world for three days, meaning I just kind of gave up the whole world. And I dove into this thought and this thought taught me how to do this. Cause I'll tell you, I was, um, I was having a hard time because so he, so I took three days and I just did nothing but have this thought. And I fought my own mind to stay on this thought. And every thought that came to me, I chased out. And I just did that for three days, except for when I slept. And even when I slept, I'd wake up if it was bothering me. I would uh, do the same thing I do now. If I get a thought, if I have a dream that bothers me that I just get up and I'll go get in meditation in the middle of the night and then I'll go back to bed and go back to sleep. So when I go back to sleep, I wake up peaceful, you know, because that thought of Satan, that selfishness, that fear, it comes to me in my sleep every now and then. Not so much anymore, but every now and then I wake up unchristlike and thinking about flesh. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to go down that path. It's not that it's wrong. I think if that's what you've chosen, that's your choice. It's just wrong for me because it's going to head me down that path to destruction, see? And I give gifts to God, and right now that just seems to be one of them. And like I said, it's the eternal moment of now. It doesn't matter whether I'm doing it right tomorrow, next week, next year. I can't worry about that. If I do that, that's where the fear is at. The fear is in the future, not in the present. That's where my thought of Satan wants to go. It wants to say, you can't do this for that long, and you can't do this. And that's the reason I end up not getting anything done, because I keep looking into the future and thinking, well, what if? Well, you know, there's an awful lot of what ifs out there. And most of us, we have a tendency to look toward the worst case scenario, and we can kind of ruin a good thought just by looking too far into the future with it. That's been my experience. And Seems to be my experience of what people say, too, because we were talking about that in the support group the other day. Like I said, I talk about this stuff. I just try to do it without turning it into the Jesus thing so that um, I don't offend people. But then on the other hand, he said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. So I don't deny him or the father. And that's the beautiful thing about 
the job I do and being a voice here. Everybody think everybody knows that I think I talk to the Holy Spirit and nobody's got a problem with it because I'm busy trying to figure out how to love and judge love them and not judge them and forgive them for they know not what they do. So it doesn't matter whether I got a voice or not. People see that I'm not it's not being harmful. If nothing else, it's surely been helping me become a better person and stand on my own truths because I'm not afraid like I used to be. You know, if you come to me and you want to talk to me about my truth and I'm I'm all about talking about it and I don't expect you to believe it any more than I'm going to probably believe what you do. But the truth of the matter is it's in that debate, that conversation that you and I will have maybe in the future, maybe never. That we come to know what it is we know. And then you get to a point where you just know what you know, and that's kind of where I'm at. And it really doesn't matter what you say. And because I've been really looking at these truths and these things are like solid on my heart. But believe me, I get on there on that Reddit, on that Christianity site, and we debate Jesus. And well, they debate the Bible and I kind of kill it all with Jesus. And most of the time, nobody says too much. In fact, nobody hardly ever responds. Though I did one time, I quoted what Jesus said, and a man and somebody that was on there came back at me and said, "Well, if you don't believe everything the Bible says, then you're a cultist, and so therefore, you know, you're a cult." Well, friend, everything that I talked about on what was right was exactly what Jesus said. I used his quotes. So what I realized is that if you really believe in Jesus and what he said, even most of the Christians are going to think you're a cultist because you actually believe what he said. And that's a very hard thing to do when he spoke in parables and he didn't tell you John 3.16 where you're going to get the kingdom and your death and for not thinking about what you were thinking about. If you really believe what Jesus said, then you have to listen to it all. And what he said was that there's a price over and over. Every parable, every statement, building towers, seeds that are going to die and not be grown because they fall among thorns and in shallow soil. Friend, I've been shallow soil. I've had thorns. (laughs) I'll tell you, God's thrown this seed down in me more than once, and I killed it every time. But, like I said, it's not about getting it right. It's about the journey. The journey becomes your experience. Because at the end of my days, if I just keep going, I'm hoping that he gives me, now that I have this Holy Spirit, that I'll find the courage to withstand. And if so, if I can manage to keep down the right path, even though I screw it up every now and then, and I really keep my focus on loving other people and giving to another what it is I'd seek for myself. Well, friend, I'll tell you, if if hell is being left with only your own thoughts, I won't be suffering because I'll be able to look back and say, I did what Jesus asked, and that is to love my neighbor as myself to not look at the speck in your eye because I've got a plank in my own, not even a splinter. I got a plank, I'm sure. So, but now it doesn't matter. See, the the Holy Spirit's cleaning my cup 
And, and uh, the truth is that without the Holy Spirit, my cup would still be filthy because if I don't have this conversation with this voice, I can't chase that fear thought out. I'm left with my own thoughts. And when I'm left with my own thoughts, friend, I'm suffering. So this voice, this Holy Spirit that asks me questions and gives me answers and talks about what I need to hear, well, it just brings me this kingdom. It brings me peace. It makes me realize and helps me evaluate because when I start thinking about, oh my goodness, this is what I think I want, then I'll go to it and I'll talk and it'll say, you know, you have the free will, do whatever you want, but remember what happened the last time. And so that's kind of the way it looks. I just see over and over and over again that I kept making the wrong decisions and for the right reasons sometimes. <laughs> So I'm not here to tell you what's right or wrong, just to tell you what Jesus said and to help you look at it in a new light, because I'll tell you, I was scared, and since I didn't have anybody who was willing to look at these thoughts with me, or every time I thought I was going to turn to the Holy Spirit, everybody else kind of got nervous on me, so yeah, I was afraid. So what I'm really hoping for is that maybe that if you come on here and you hear me, that and you're in a position where I'm at, and you're hurting, and you need a doctor, and you really want a doctor. I know there's another person out there, you know, that that uh, that I want you to believe what it is that's going to bring you peace, friend. I want you to have the kingdom, and I don't care if it comes from my truth. I don't care if it comes from any tr truth. What I want is that love is the way. And the only way to get forgiveness is to give it, because those that are still judging people in their heart, they're still afraid they're wrong because they know they are, but they won't look at that. See, it's easier to look at the sinner than it is to look at yourself. That's my truth. Forgiveness comes from forgiving you. And because I've forgiven you, I know I've got forgiveness. Jesus laid it down for us and showed us this clear, simple path. And he complicated it and hid it and used this, you know, casting out the demon things. Now you'd call it something different, you know, it used to be that epilepsy was, you know, throwing out demons, so who knows, but this is what I know, Jesus healed epilepsy, and it's not that I got to heal anything, because this isn't about me being a miracle, I'm the miracle already, friend, and I'm telling you, you're a miracle, and if you don't know it, you've got the opportunity to learn it by experience, by choosing a new thought, and that is to love thy neighbor as thyself. When they condemn them, if someone comes and condemns you, if you can figure out how to love them and you forgive them, you get to take that thought with you to live for all eternity. It will become a new part of you and you will get to know yourself as a higher love. And when you get to know yourself as a higher love, this is the truth. The truth is it creates a dilemma. You know God loves more than you, so if you can forgive those that condemn you, you will start questioning the fact of whether God would send someone to hell for denying him. Because I told you before, if my child died, denied me, I wouldn't set him on fire, and so if I wouldn't, my Father in heaven won't either. So that's the truth. However, Jesus said that the law by no means did he take it away, and he said it in secret because at the beginning of the age, friend, it's good for people to stay in fear. But I think you can look and see that the fear, well, people just aren't doing the right thing even when they are going to church once a week most of the time because 
they think that they've got a free ticket to the kingdom. And that ain't what I heard Jesus say. So that's the reason I'm on here talking about it. And I'm not trying to scare people. I'm trying to get people to think about what they're thinking about because everybody's letting the suffering happen. And the darker it gets, the less farming, less crop there is. And the less crop there is, well, you know, Jesus said it and I said it before. And that is that if we don't start waking up, God's going to have his decision. And it's not that he's making it. It's we're making it for ourselves. I already talked to you about the thought that is that is not and how we turned it into, um, you know, this thought of Satan we created and manifested into the world. And you can look at that. And if you didn't hear it yet, it's back there in the episodes. Because like I said, I'm not here to drive you fear home. If the spirit moves me to talk more about it later, I will. But but the truth is that the love only comes when love's willing to stand up in the middle of fear and in the middle of hate. You see, the light keeps moving away from the dark, and you see it in cities. Every time the darkness or the low-income area where people, where all the drugs are and all that, it's not the people are bad. The problem is that people are letting it spread instead of the people that have the light go into the light there's not enough people that are of the light going into the light so the darkness keeps getting darker and it's not their fault any more than it's ours it's just the way it is because we all have these thoughts so i try to go into the dark wherever god puts me and and i don't mean dark as in dark people i mean going into where there's pain and suffering and try to give them hope and stay real close to my thought of the holy spirit so that I can keep my light while I'm trying to hold space for people that are suffering. Because, friend, when I'm looking at their suffering, it, it hurts me inside. And I'm not in pain, really, because the Holy Spirit just keeps hanging me on his. And my thought of the love of Christ is just one of those things that it gives me this strength to endure other people's pain without taking it on for myself. I'm able to somehow, by a miracle, because I didn't have this before, I have the ability to separate their suffering from mine. And even though I can be empathetic toward it, I don't have to own it because I'm doing what it is God wants me to do. In my heart, I know that I am bringing the light. And since I am bringing the light, he allows me to go out and experience other people's suffering without suffering for it. And friend, that for me is the kingdom. That is a place that I was trying to get to in my life because I was suffering every time I looked at the hate. And now that I'm just trying to help bring a little light to the dark, I'm so focused on that. I'm not looking at the news. I'm not looking at the big picture. I've got one focused goal right now, and that is that I keep myself close to this love of Christ. Because when I run my support groups, I try to bring joy, friend. I'm like a little kid. Everybody laughs at me. I'll tell knock-knock jokes. I don't care. I don't care what people think of me anymore. I'm so happy with just being with this thought of the love of Christ that if I can get people to laugh at me, then, you know, it brings a little joy to them and they like it because I'm lighthearted and they know I really care about them. And you know, right now, people need to know people care about them. So if you're hearing this and this coronavirus is still going on when you hear it or whatever, it doesn't matter, even if it's gone. Remember that everyone out there is just like you. They want to know love by experience. 
And when we're busy giving it, we start getting it. And when we get it, then we got more to give. You know, it's hard to give away unless your cup's running over. So I just keep seeking the Holy Spirit and he keeps filling my cup up. And as it pours over the edge, I just keep trying to pour it into you. But just know that I'm not taking credit for one ounce of that because every time I was searching to give you love when I didn't have it through him, I was giving you from a half-empty cup. And when I was giving you half a cup, giving you a quarter of my half a cup, I ended up having a quarter a cup. And then I'd try to give away that quarter a cup, and then I didn't have any at all. And then I was in pain again. So know that this thought of the Holy Spirit, this love of Christ, this thought of my Father in heaven, I just love the three of them like I just can't even tell you because I keep giving it to them and they keep giving it to me. And I've just developed this relationship with them that I can't even talk about because it doesn't even make any sense to folks. But all I know is because I developed that relationship, it has created all these other relationships in my life. And I now just have a wonderful life, even though I have nothing at all. I live in a pretty much low-income neighborhood, and tell you the truth, I know there's drug dealers down the street. I hear them talking code. Here where I live, the the, the police are, are pretty strict, so nobody does it on the street. But I'm not worried about that stuff. I walk sometimes. If God puts me to walking at midnight, I just don't care because, tell you the truth, friend, the Holy Spirit. I used to be afraid to leave my house. I'm telling you, when I moved here, I was terrified because I thought, God, why are you putting me here? This certainly could not be where it is that you want me to be. But it is. So here I am, and I've got 10 seconds left. So friends, may God bless you and yours.